Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. This is the 7 a.m. meeting. My name is Rick J. I and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, May 16th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story on page four, the first paragraph, beginning with abruptly in October 1929, hell broke loose, ending with the old fierce determination to win came back. Today's readers are Esther F., The Twelve Steps, Barb W., The Twelve Traditions. Our big book readers are Loretta H. in the text, Rachel P. on 164, and Katie G. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Rebecca A., and our second-hour moderator is Matt J.F. The share ID for Sunday, May 15, 2022, is 18,961. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio, the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, asked him to remove our shortcomings, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought for prayer and meditation to improve our, our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, my past. Thank you, Esther. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, Barb W., Illinois. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. <clears throat> Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Nine, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for service. Bye. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To press, sorry, to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story on page four. The first paragraph, beginning with, abruptly in October 1929, hell broke loose, ending with, the old fierce determination to win came back. I will now ask Loretta H. to begin reading. Good morning, Rick, and good morning, everyone on this line who saved my life along with my precious God, Loretta H. recovered in North Carolina. We're neighbors. Okay. Abruptly in October of 1929, hell broke loose on the New York Stock Exchange. After one of those days of inferno, I wobbled from the hotel bar to a brokerage office. It was 8 o'clock, five hours after the market closed. The ticker still clattered. I was staring at an inch of tape which here the inscription said XYZ32. It had been 52 in the morning. I was finished and so were many of my friends. The papers reported men jumping to their death from the towers of high finance. This disgusted me. I would not jump. I went back to the hotel, to the bar. My friends had dropped several million since then, since 10 o'clock. So what? 
tomorrow was another day. As I drank, the old fierce determination to win came back. And I'm kind of shaking on this. Um, this resonates with me, but not because I was, I almost was born in 1929 and that um, I would, I would not jump. That kind of reminds me of when I first came into the rooms, but it also reminds me of when um, 9-11 happened. And that morning, I had just come back from vacation, and um, all hell had broken loose. And, of course, people were jumping out of the windows. And I had just had my six months of abstinence. And that day was so frightening to me. And I remember calling my sponsor, thank God for sponsors, thank God for this program. I called her and I said, I need to find out because I'm in the industry that went through the towers. Um, my whole life has changed. I saw the people walking back from the World Trade because I live very close to it, covered in soot. And it was a very, very emotional day. And I wanted to do something. And my sponsor said to me that day, she said, the only thing you have to do this day is stay abstinent and everything will be okay. And that has resonated with me for my whole um, recovery period because I know from that experience and that day, and I did get through it, you know, the industry came back. But it, if I had picked up, because it says um, the old fierce determination came back to win, if I had gone on self-will or with my resolution instead of a decision, I would have been jumping off my terrace, which is what I wanted to do when I first came into the room. So that powerlessness, thank God that my sponsor made me look at it and I was able with probably I didn't I was agnostic at the time with my God. That was a what I say a spiritual experience that day for me and a God sighting that I'll never forget and it's been a great part of my recovery. So with God's grace and mercy today, I hope all of you have an abstinent day and it's just for today and um we don't need to use to um and abuse food because we have God and he'll take care of everything because he solves all our problems. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Johan N. Johan M. Got you, Johan. Heather M. Heather M. Got you, Heather. Who was that? Sarah L. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. I'm going to back up. I heard Johan N., Heather M., Dara L., Suze S., and there was somebody B that was like right right there uh, after uh, Johan and Thank you. Thank you. It was Bonnie B. from Minnesota. Bonnie B. Got you, Bonnie. All right. Uh, got room for uh, one or two more? Nancy R. Nancy R. 
All right. Good place to stop. We've got Johan N., Heather M., Bonnie B., Dara L., Suze S., and Nancy R. Johan, my friend, you're up, followed by Heather. Go ahead, Johan. Hi, thank you, Rick, my friend. So nice to hear you this morning, and so nice to to be here this morning. My name is Johan N., and like Nancy, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Sweden. Uh, yeah, just an amazing paragraph. It reminds me of the financial crisis, which hit the world, I think it was 2008. And I was living in Spain at the moment, and Spain, like many other countries, took a big, big hit from this this thing. And just a few months before that, I bought an apartment where I lived. And just overnight, you know, the value went down to half. Uh, on that place and it still haven't gone back to where it was then but you know i i didn't care because uh, i still had the food i still have had my addiction and uh, my obsessions so just like bill i just went down to the bar i went down to the restaurant i went down to the shop to get what i needed and just you know kept going just uh, uh, because food and my addiction my substances and you know most of all, my ego was my was my higher power. So determination to win was back, and uh, I just went back to life like nothing has ever happened. And you know that's that's the way I lived my life until I came into the rooms. Just ego driven, uh, driven by this disease uh, into the core of my being, uh, without any moral compass, doing what I wanted when I wanted and never thinking twice about other people, just me, me, me. And then I came to the rooms, beaten to a a pulp by this disease. And for the first time in my life, I got to have a moral compass. Uh, In recovery, uh, something happened with me where where me, myself, wasn't uh, wasn't my higher power anymore. The ego wasn't my higher power anymore. I had a new higher power. I had a new employer, which I started to follow. And, you know, with all that, just taking care of uh, business, just taking care of, you know, doing recovery, everything else fell in place. Uh, I came here because I thought that I had a problem with food. Uh, and, you know, what I learned here was that food was the solution to the problem. And the problem is myself. And I need to look at what this, uh, you know, I need to look at my feelings. I need to start take responsibility for my life. And that's what I did. And that's what I'm continuing to do, you know, in this program, uh, working through the steps and then get to live in step 10, 11 and 12. And I really learned one day at a time in a way, I need to do today what I can so that God can keep my, keep me abstinent. I cannot keep myself abstinent. I tried that all my life. And the most important thing in my life is not my abstinence. The most important thing in my life today is uh, a relationship with God and a conscious contact with God. Thank you. And I keep that contact by just working the program every day, day in, day out. It's a wonderful life and it's a wonderful program and recovery is just beautiful. So I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you so much, Rick, and thank all of you guys. All right. Thank you, Johan in from Sweden. All right, Heather M., you're uh, up next, followed by Bonnie B. Go ahead, Heather, and if you guys would, remember to include your state when you introduce yourselves. Go ahead, Heather. Sure. Good morning, Rick. Thank you for your service. 
Good morning, everyone. I'm Heather M. from Indiana, and I am a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the couple of sentences towards the end of this paragraph we just read, the papers reported men jumping to death from the towers of high finance. That disgusted me. I would not jump. I went back to the bar. Boy, does that remind me of myself. Um, you know, my ego. Oh, that disgusts me. I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, I'm not as bad as that person. I mean, I might overeat or overindulge here, but at least I don't do that. Um, it, it's just all my ego thinking, you know, like I'm not as bad as someone else or like I'm better than someone else. Um, and then he says, I went back to the bar. Well, that's the same as jumping to my death. When I go back to the food, when I go back to utilizing food as my solution, you know, I'm jumping to my death. That first bite that I take destroys me instantly. It steals me. It robs me of my joy. It robs me of my my confidence. It ro robs me of anything positive within me, and it immediately begins to kill and destroy me. Um, and, and that's what this this disease does. It just it destroys me. It's the same as jumping to my death the minute I take that first bite. And so this is just so profound to me this morning reading this. And I'm just so grateful for this program, for the solution, the solution, the real solution, um, and working these steps. And I'm just so grateful for everyone who has invested in um, expressing love and care to me and taking phone calls when I need to make calls. And, you know, if I continue to grow in my spiritual life, my spiritual progress, um, then I will get further and further away from thinking that food is the solution to my problems. And I'm just so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for what God is doing in my life that I've not been able to do for myself. And I'm so grateful that today I see that taking a bite or going to the bar is the same as jumping to my death. Um, and I just want all of you to know that, you know, there there is a solution and it doesn't have to be. Um, a, a deadly end for us. And I'm just so grateful for all of you. Um, and I hope you all just have an amazing day today. With that, I pass. Oh, perfect timing, Heather. Bonnie B., you are up next, followed by Dara L. Go ahead, Bonnie. Good morning, everyone. Bonnie B., currently in Minnesota. Thank you, Rick, for moderating and for um, Loretta for the opening share and for the other shares. They've been fantastic already. Um, a couple of words jumped out to me um, abruptly. You know, abruptly means like suddenly, just like out of nowhere. And I think about my own journey in this disease, and I think it, you know, it didn't take much for all hell to break loose. Um, it could have been. Oh, Bonnie, um, you just unmuted. If you go ahead and hit star one and remute yourself. Hey, Bonnie, we lost you there. 
Can you, can you uh, hear me now? Yes, yes, I can. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Okay, I just switched headsets, and I apologize for that. Um, I'm not sure where I dropped off at, but um, the, the word that jumped out to me was the, was the abruptly, because it doesn't take too much for it to, like, trigger me. It didn't take much for it to trigger me. And I see God jumping in when, he, when in, in the middle it says, um, you know, I was finished. That's that God thought. How many times did I have that thought, I'm finished? I am absolutely toast. And then what happens? The disease jumps back in again at the very end and says, that disgusted me. I got this. I went back to the eating. Fierce determination comes back on. And all of this is that cycle for me. I cycled through this over and over and over in the disease. And what was the trigger for me? The trigger was always fear. Because that abruptly just created such panic within me that I, that I wasn't in control. And there's an acronym that I had heard of years ago, and it really applies to me in this program. Fear is false evidence. Well, Bonnie, we just lost you again. If you can come back to us, Bonnie. I don't know what, yep, I don't know what's happening. I apologize for that. You know what? Maybe I'm not supposed to um, talk today, but I'll just listen and thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. All right, Bonnie B., thank you so much for trying to get in with us today. We did hear some of your message there. Dara L., you're up next, followed by Suze S. Go ahead, Dara. Uh, great. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L., I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Um, in Philadelphia, and also formerly suicidal, and I relate so much to this paragraph, and I just want to share that something that I learned outside of this program before coming in was that actually eating disorders are the most deadly disease that there is, mental health disease that there is, um, not just because of the physical complications, but because a lot of people commit suicide um, to escape that trap. And um, that was certainly me. Like, that was certainly how I felt. And when I think about this paragraph, um, a couple things stand out to me, which is, um, you know, early in my disease, I was very contemptuous of suicide. And early in my disease, I turned to the food as a solution to the inner emptiness, and it worked. And I would feel better. But as my disease progressed, and as we find out, you know, other people, um, <laughs> like, as, as Bill's disease, progresses, you know, by the end of this chapter, he's dragging his mattress down the stairs so that he won't, you know, jump out a window. And, um, and for me, that was, that was what was happening. And, you know, it's interesting because it stood out to me today that um, the way that I ate was, I, I ate in a suicidal manner and other people saw what I was doing and I disgusted them. I mean, it was, it, it, it was gross. You know, my, my bathroom was like, it, I, I don't even want to describe the level of filth and vomit and all of that. But the way that I lived was disgusting. And other people saw my behavior and they were like, wow, like you are killing yourself. But for me, it was my solution. And, you know, I've known people with this disease untreated um, who have uh, committed suicide. And, and as I said, you know, early on, that was, that was gross to me. And I couldn't imagine doing that. Um, but a year and a half ago, when I came into program, I had a secret desire, which was, you know, as a bulimic person, I'd never before been overweight, but in my last relapse, I gained 30 pounds. 
And I, I just, my ego was so massive that I couldn't be fat in my casket. So I was like, well, I'm going to go back to OA. I'm going to get abstinent. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to kill myself. And that was where I was, you know, prior to doing this work and prior to getting recovered. And that's where I could go as an untreated abstinent person as well. And so it's so important for me to have, you know, as an addict, I can't live in a godless universe. And um, and I saw that in Bill's story, you know, like for him, the solution was alcohol. For others, it was jumping out windows, you know, and for me today, it's God. And if I don't have that in my life, if I don't have a working relationship with myself and a power greater than me, I feel like life is meaningless and then I'm doomed. I'm doomed to go back to the food or I'm doomed to jump out a window. And I'm grateful today that neither of those things appeal to me, um, but it is contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And I'll pass and thanks so much for your service. All right. Thank you so much, Dara L. All right, Suze S., you're up next, followed by Nancy R. Go ahead, Suze. Good morning. My name is Suze S., and I'm in New Jersey, New York area. Um, Just wanted to say good morning, just wanted to touch base, just wanted to start my day right, uh, which is a wonderful name for yet another meeting. Um, This is a very important reading for me today, and all of your shares have been just beautiful. Uh, Last night, I sent my partner home so that I could binge eat, and I I feel so ashamed, and I feel like I used him. I I have a higher power. He and I are both in 12-step programs, although now I'm taking his inventory, but the point is that um, I love him, and I sent him home so that I could eat, and today, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to live my life and I want a higher power in my life that isn't food, that isn't my fears, that isn't my insecurities. Um, I don't want to turn to my determination to, to conquer this, this, this thing that I do every time I'm insecure or frightened or triumphant or whatever the reason is. So I, I, it's such an addiction. It's such an addiction. And I can recognize addictions at everybody else. But in me, I just turn away. I'm 67 years old. I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't want to do this because I want my life. And I want my higher power in my life to help me to recover from this and to lead the life that I was made for. And I don't mean high success in somebody else's estimation. I mean doing higher powers work. Thank you. Thank you, Suze S. Nancy R., you're up next, and then we'll get a few more names. Go ahead, Nancy. Hello, everyone. It's Nancy R. from Illinois. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful um, to be able to say that um, and and be recovered today. you know, I can uh, certainly relate to um, feeling disgusted about people that would, um, you know, jump to their death or um, Nancy, we lost you there. Can you uh, try and uh, unmute yourself again? How about now? I can hear you. 
Okay, thanks. Um, but it's exactly what I do with food every time I pick it up over and over and over again in my life. And I'm so grateful that um, I'm not using food today. Um, you know, how many times did I say, oh, tomorrow tomorrow will be another day? Um, you know, I remember so many times saying, I, you know, the fierce determination, I'm not going to eat tomorrow like I ate today. And then waking up in the morning and taking my young children to school and then going um, to, right to the bakery. It's like being a zombie, you know, like I had no power over what I was doing. And I'd get, you know, half a dozen donuts and go home and lay on the couch and watch TV and eat them and pass out and then find more food and somehow uh, get through the day. So I'm glad I'm not working or acting out of my old fierce determination today um, because I don't really have any, you know, I think I do. And then I, when it comes to food and, um, and I'm grateful that I know that I'm powerless and my life is unmanageable and that I turn my life every day over to my higher power. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nancy R. All right. Before we get some more names, we are in Bill's story. On page four of the first paragraph, beginning with abruptly in October 1929, hell broke loose. And ending with the fierce determination to win came back. And just as an interesting side note, that uh, that XYZ uh, minus 32, which had started off at 52, is a drop of 84 points, which is pretty uh, shattering there to think about. So uh, although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. And when you... Uh, Give your name. Please include the uh, first initial, your last name. Who else would like to share? Roger V. from California. Gotcha, Roger. Kelly S. Kelly S. Tria C. in Georgia. Hold on, guys. All right, so I got Kelly S. and then somebody from Georgia and then somebody after that. So who was from Georgia? Leia S. Who was from Georgia? Tria C. Tria C. So I have Roger V., Kelly S., and Tria C. So for those I have not heard, forgive me, and please uh, give me your name again. Leia S. Missed both of those. Somebody O. Who is that O.? Manju, M-A-N-J-U-O. M-A-N-J-U-O. Gotcha, Manju. All right. Aaron K. Aaron K. All right. Who else? Toby W. Okay, I heard uh, Toby W. And then was it Lisa? Somebody right at Toby W. Who was right there with Toby W.? Okay, somebody gave their name right Blanc to Toby. E-G. Okay, could you give me your first name with the uh, whoever E.G. was that your oh, first name? Oh, Blanca. Was? It's Blanca B.G. Oh, B. Okay, sorry. How do you spell Blanca B? Uh, B is in boy. L A N C A. Gotcha, Blanca. Let's stop right there. Whew. 
I'm having a hard time this morning. Thanks for your patience, guys. All right, I have Roger B, Kelly S, Tria C, Manju O, Karen K, Toby W, and Blanca BG. If I uh, missed you on that one, sorry about that. Uh, if we have time later, I'll I'll try to get a couple more names. Roger B, you're up next, followed by Kelly S. Include your state, please. Go ahead, Roger. Roger, uh, hit start one down mute, brother. Roger V. from California. Good morning, Rick. Thank you for your service. Um, this paragraph, um, I have a true story that um, about somebody jumping to their death that I heard from an old-timer in AA when I was new. And what Ray, who's no longer with us, said is he was scheduled off Okinawa during World War II. And he said one night the sea was so choppy and, and the, it was so rough that if you were down in your bunk, you had to basically be handcuffed to the rails, or you'd get thrown in to the, to the next bunk. And when you were on when you were on watch uh, on deck, you also had to be handcuffed because you would get you would go overboard. And he said one night the guy next to him that night the guy next to him said I can't take this. He undid the handcuff and jumped overboard. And he said next day the sky was blue and the sea was calm. And this guy did a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And I was new, and my eyes got big, and I never forgot that story. And the way this paragraph ends, where it says that first det- that that determination, fierce determination to win came back, uh, for me, replaced the word bar with buffet. And, you know, when when I eat, that's my heroin. And, you know... If if I take things into my own hands and and become my own god, you know, and what happens is I become drugged from that food. I'm, you know, and when I eat that food, it wells up inside of me. I think, I can do this. This is no big deal. I've got this. I know what I'm doing. It's, you know, I got to remember that without God, I'm nothing, you know. So um, that's what this paragraph means to me. And Rick, without God, with, by God's grace, people like you, rooms like this, I would have missed it all. So thank you for paying a 12-step call on me. With that, I'm Roger, and I'm out. Thank you so much, Roger V. from DTLA and CA. All right, Kelly S., yes. you're up next, followed by Tria C. Go ahead, Kelly. Hey, guys, it's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks for your service, Rick. Um, my name's spelled with an EY, if you're looking for me on the member list. Anyway, I just wanted to share on this paragraph because this is my story. Um, first of all, of course, you know, when people talked about, um, you know, he was men jumping to the death. He was disgusted I would not jump. I think about my history of, um, you know, I came in these rooms when I was 20, and I'm 59, so most of my life I've been here. And I judge so many people in these rooms. Of course, I would never be morbidly overweight or obese. Got over 100 pounds, 125 pounds, you know, because the disease didn't care what I thought. Um, Became bulimic after I thought that was really gross. Um, Binging, purging five, six times a day. Shoveling food in, hearing your stories, thinking, that is so gross, whatever. Ended up doing it. So I just want to tell you, you know, my disease doesn't care what my ego thinks. Um, It gets in there and takes over, and, you know, we've all heard that. Just say, yeah, get back out there. Just say, yeah, it'll happen. But um, 
this tomorrow was another day as I drank the old thirst of determination came back. Um, story of my life in the rooms, right? Tomorrow, I always joke, I have that scarlet um, O'Hara syndrome. I'll think about that tomorrow because today I might as well eat everything I can and I'm going to work my program starting tomorrow. I'm going to work my program just like a diet, right? Tomorrow, I'm going to call my sponsor. I'm going to get that food plan that I know works really good. I'm going to start calling my people. I'll start doing my free phone calls. I'll start going to meetings. I'll do 90 meetings in 90 days. Tomorrow, I'm going to do that. In the meantime, I better eat everything I can because tomorrow I'm really going to start. And I heard a speaker one time that I love that says, you know, there's that. We have this idea of this magic pillow. What the heck? You know, I think I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to put my head on this magic pillow. I'm going to wake up. Guess what? That didn't happen. The tomorrows never came. So if you eat every day like tomorrow's going to happen, it is crazy the amount of weight I put on. And I'm sure you guys can relate to that. Another thing that my sponsor um, says, and I love, you know, it's that fierce determination. I'm going to stop eating tomorrow. I have all this food in the house. I might as well go ahead and eat it because I'm going to stop my self-reliance. She says, you know what? When I'm dancing with a, a gorilla. When I'm dancing with the disease, I'm dancing with the gorilla. The gorilla tells me when I'm going to stop, not me. My disease tells me. So tomorrow, you know, my disease is still with me. So until I become God-reliant, uh, this is my self-reliance in this sentence. I, I, I. And until I get to that place of surrender that we hear about on these lines all the time, I'm just going to keep, the gorilla's going to keep wedding. There's no magic pillow. Tomorrow's not going to happen. And the gorilla's going to keep dancing until I get ready to throw my hands up and surrender and say, I can't do it. I can't do it. I need a higher power. And that's what these steps are going to do. So I got to put the food down and there's hope. And today I'm grateful. I'm no longer dancing with that damn gorilla. And I'm recovered, and I'm asking it. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rick. Thank you so much, Kelly. Yes, perfect timing. Tria C., you're up next, followed by Manjua. Go ahead, Tria. Hey, y'all. My name is Tria C. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a grateful, compulsive overeater recovered for today, you know, one day at a time. Um, I really appreciate uh, the lead and all the shares so far. Um, you know, I really, you know, this, you know, this judgment, you know, that disgusted me. I would not jump. I, I was so, my disease really is such a, there's such an ego piece around. I won't do that, right? I, 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 me, me, me. And, you know, I was as cruel and judgmental of myself as I was to you, right? When I was in the disease and, um, like someone shared earlier, you know, the most important thing in my life is not abstinence. The most important thing in my life is higher power. And higher, my higher power is not disgusted with me. Um, you know, my higher power wants safety and calm and grace and compassion. And so, you know, I want, I want those things for myself. I want, and it's only thanks to higher power, right, that I can get that, the gentle, loving parent, um, and I really, you know, I just, I just, I, I, I want to say it over and over again. I'm just really grateful. I'm glad to be here this morning. I'm grateful that um, the other 473 of you are on this morning, um, so we can do service with each other. And um, yeah, let's just take it one day at a time and do this together. Thanks, y'all. I pass. Thank you so much, Tracy. Manjuo, you are up next, followed by Karen Kay, and also. Uh, a little angel informed me that Leah S. was wanting to 
share too. Soleil, I've got you uh, in after uh, Blanca, so you're you're in the lineup. All right, Manju, go ahead. Thank you. Hi, Manju O, recovered compulsive overeater and undereater from Georgia, and this paragraph it couldn't be a more perfect one for me to study and hear shares on today. Um, my mother passed away on Friday night and, you know, like I had struggled for years with contempt for her and the way she has or hasn't handled her challenges in her life. And with the grace of this program, I was able to be with her her last days and help take care of her and be resentment free. And that is a freaking miracle. Um, to show up, to stay abstinent while I showed up, and to receive support from other people to do that, and to, you know, it's like years and years and years of praying the the prayer in the big book about how to overcome resentment and judgments, and, and I always felt like this prayer isn't working, I still have resentment, and all of a sudden, like her past, her last two weeks, it was just gone, you know, like sometimes prayers are answered quickly, sometimes slowly, but they are answered. Um, And, you know, it's like I came into these rooms in 1994 because of seeing my mom struggle with food and seeing that that was the path I was on. And she never got into the rooms. And she died in part because of her eating. She had a stroke and um, I think just the upset and challenge of having to deal with a new body after that, uh, she just stopped eating. And so for several months, just slowly died in front of our eyes. And that was the way she wanted to go and the way she chose to go. And I was angry about it for a while. And then at the end, hearing her talk about it, and I was just like, okay, that's your past, you know, and that it doesn't have to be mine. Like, I have a lot of grace from working the steps and working with the sponsor and from sponsoring that who knows how I'll, I'll die, but God willing, one day at a time, if I keep up with this program, it won't be because of this disease and, and that she had her own path and it was a beautiful life and a challenging life. Just as mine is a beautiful and challenging life and we all have our ways of dealing and coping and, you know, there's just been so many miracles. Like my brothers in laws know that I'm in recovery, know my plan of eating back and backwards and forwards and and made abstinent meals for me so I could show up and just so many blessings that I couldn't have imagined and and just being able to be present. You know, like I just kept thinking about what I would be like if I were in the food during this process and I wouldn't have had so thank you I wouldn't have had so many opportunities with her and so I'm grateful for you all and I pass thank you so much Manju prayers with you Karen K you're up next followed by Toby W go ahead Karen hi this is Erin K in Ann Arbor Michigan I think it was my was my name you heard um oh sorry Erin um yeah. No worries, no worries. Um, so first of all, Manja, sorry for your loss. Very sorry for your loss. Um, the the thing that I heard 
or you know that stuck out in this paragraph was just that very last sentence that I think did so for others. The old fierce determination to win came back. Um, you know, that's what it felt like. You know, every every time I would you know start binging and gaining weight, like this old fierce determination would rise up in me, and I would you know beat the food back for a while and you know, I'm so grateful that I finally surrendered that battle 11 months ago. And um, I don't, you know, I don't have to rely on my fierce determination uh, with the food anymore. I'm in a state of surrender. But I can, I found that I can still find that fierce determination rise up in other areas of my life. You know, you know, still wanting to win an argument with my husband, wanting to win at work, beat my colleagues in competitions that they don't even know that they've entered because they're all in my head. Um, and I, you know, fierce, I just Googled it really quickly. It's all the, there are all these synonyms, you know, it means this ferocious aggressiveness. And I realized, you know, similar to, um, you know, another share I just heard, I really turned that in on myself. I mean, the fierce determination the fierceness is, is toward myself. I'm beating myself up, driving myself crazy. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that I can surrender, not just with the food, right? Like the food is like, it's been the series of surrenders. And the way that I have seen, um, you know, once, once I let go of the fierce determination, totally turned over the food, threw myself into these steps, let someone guide me and show me what to do here and just gave up, you know, just trusted, trusted, trusted that it would be okay. And I found it was not only okay, but better than okay. I am, I am slowly learning to do that in, in all areas of my life. And um, again, it's just, it's not easy. The fierceness rises up um, so often, but I, I now I can see that, uh, you know, I have this evidence in front of me that when I trust and rely on my higher power, uh, he's got me, he's got my back. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Aaron K. Toby W., you're up next, followed by Blanca BG. Go ahead, Toby. Good morning, Rick. It's Toby W. from Boston. Um as I'm listening to the shares, I'm reminded that for me, I didn't need catastrophes to eat. As a matter of fact, it was when the big things happened that I didn't eat. It was the smaller things, the little things that came up in my life that I didn't want to um, deal with. And that's when I went and ate. And the reason why I want to share this morning is I am in a new situ- living situation um, and it's brand new for me and I'm a little concerned, confused, and um, not sure at the moment did I make the right decision or not. And I know that having these thoughts could lead me to the possibility of, well, when I go down to the dining room, I might as well order X, Y, Z. And that's not the case. So I will, as I usually do, write out my food plan 
talk to God and ask God for help in being here in this new place. And that with that, I pass. Uh, thank you so much, Toby W. Blanca BG, you're up next, followed by LAS. Go ahead, Blanca. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Um, I I really wasn't going to share about something, but today's reading was like it was as if it was telling me, uh, uh-uh, you can't hide. You got to share it, or you'll eat it. Um, I was very, very uh, the part about people leaping to their deaths suicide well um i was very very shaken by uh the death of uh uh a famous country western uh singer who died a couple of weeks ago i was shaken to my core uh it was suicide and um uh she was 76 i'm 69 and you know on my first thought was that just like in the reading i would never do that i would never do that you know, um, not me. <clears throat> well, who am I to say that I would never do that? Have I been in the darkness of this addiction and the deep pit, not knowing or being able to crawl out of my uh, wretched state? Yes, I have. I've been there. And uh, it was very shattering to me. Because, of course, I immediately thought of so many things. I thought of myself. I thought of program. I thought of what it must have been like for her to choose that instead of continuing with life. And I almost found myself judging. How could she do that? She has grandchildren. and she has, But none of that matters. When you're in the grips of an addiction or the depression the addiction causes, <laughs> You know, there's, no, I'm, I've been there. Maybe not to that point where I actually thought of, you know, jumping out the window. But sure, I've been close and I have no right to judge what her choice was. But I can and I do uh, sympathize and empathize and pray and for her family, and I, I need to do that, not say I would never be that bad. Not me, because as an addict, that's what I want to do. But I'm glad. Uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to share, because uh, my food was shaky. I was, I was pretty shattered by the news of this. It broke my heart, and from there, I knew it would break my abstinence. So thank you. That's it. On that, I'll pass. Thank you, Blanca BG. Last year up next, and then uh, we have room for another share. We will. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much, Rick, for acknowledging. And um, uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S., recovered in Brooklyn, New York. So I do take this paragraph as a uh, metaphor, as 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 my life with different situations and different emotions and always uh, find myself in in, 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 in in different circumstances, just like um, we all did in, in the past two years. Um, so many of my uh, uh, friends and colleagues changed employment and stuff. 
And where did all that lead me in the past? It always, when something didn't go smoothly or didn't go in in a, uh, in an order, uh, you know, chronologically, then then and I didn't know what was happening. These are human human situations that we all find ourselves in. But I used to resort to food. Always. That was my solution in every which way. And then I would go back up and down, up and down, like, okay, I'm just going to take a little bit. I'm just going to do a little one, you know. And, and, And this is what this paragraph is coming to remind me, that no matter which situation I'm in and how I'm in, I've got my program. I've got my, and I'm, the food is not the answer. Boy, oh boy, did did I know that if I would have known that a step ten can get me out of it, or that that this uh, this fellowship can get me out of it, wouldn't I have just stuck it out? And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Leah. Yes, we have time for one more share. Who would like to take that? Toby K. You got it, Toby. Go ahead. Hi, uh, this is Toby K. from uh, New York. And, um, boy, this paragraph really hit me in the head. Uh, the whole, the whole, um, all these pages hit me in the head. Uh about Bill's story, and um, I know that food. Um, when I was in my, when I was in my disease, um, hopefully was past tense. Um, I would do crazy things. I wasn't rational, just like that person. Uh, God forbid, jumping out the window. Um, I remember when I I was feeling terrible about myself because I was fat and I was going to a a sisterhood meeting from my temple and I just felt so fat. And then one of my kids said something that I didn't like and I started to hit him and he was four years old. And then my other child, my daughter said, don't hit my brother. And then I hit her. I said, what? How dare you talk to me like that? And then I hit her, and she started stuttering at two years old. And um, this is what the disease did to me. It broke me. It made me sick. It put me into my ego. It's all about me. It's all about me and my frustrations. And um, I'm realizing with this paragraph how sick I could become um and became. Um, thank you for letting me see I pass. All right. Thanks so much, Toby Kay. Um, we've got, actually, uh, I think we're close enough now to where we're just going to go ahead and end the meeting. Thank you so much, everyone who shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, May 16th, 2022, is 18,962. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Rachel P., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
Good morning, this is Rachel P. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.